Hey, coaches, welcome to Championship Culture. Got a fantastic guest, an old buddy of mine, Jamie Bolton, who is the head football coach at Cannon School, which is a, a private school in the, uh, what is it? Would you say Charlotte? Charlotte Concord, yep. Concord. Concord. And uh, Jamie came on and did a uh, did a the, the uh, stick video for us a while ago. One of the one of the most popular videos we got on the channel. Uh, and Jamie's doing me a favor. We were supposed to do this tonight, but we got storms rolling through, so we're we're doing this earlier in the afternoon. So uh, his daughter Cooper might make a cameo on here at any time. He, he's got her occupied right now, but he he doesn't have any help at home. So so be prepared for that. And, uh, and man, I'm excited to hear from you because I got a couple uh, theories about the younger guys and culture, and I want to find out if it's true. So uh, first, thanks for being here, buddy. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm, I'm always excited to talk to you, Coach. And um, a lot of the culture stuff that, that I've learned, you know, I was fortunate enough to be with you and um, at, when you were the coordinator at, at Red Springs with, with George Coltharp, and, um, and culture was a big deal that changed and, and started that turnaround in 2010 where – we won one game in 2000, the year before you got there. And I think it was 11, uh, 10 that we went, I think we went 12 and three that year. And um, a lot of it was culture and a lot of it was scheme, but um, it was definitely a better experience for everybody. So that's kind of where I started with it. And I've always tried to stay a part of, you know, always updating our culture and, and trying to learn as much as I can about the behavior on our team as well as the skills. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. And you, you also had the experience. You were in a big dog program in South Carolina that went to the state championship. So you have that perspective also. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Bobby Carroll hired me um, after I left uh, the previous school uh, near Char in Charlotte or uh, at Marvin Ridge, and um, I was there a year. And then Bobby came in, and he had had he had he had, had an established culture since he got there, and a culture of winning and discipline and. Um, and all the coaches were in alignment. And I think that was the biggest thing with that was, uh, and I'm going to talk about that today as a part of the definition of culture, but, you know, alignment is key. And uh, when I got there, it was like, man, if you don't, you know, you don't get on the train, you know, it's going to be leaving the station. So that's something that I, I've tried to, you know, my first year or finishing up my first year as the head coach of, of trying to build that alignment. But Bobby, Bobby Carroll, I've been, you know, part of his staff. I've been a part of, you know, your staffs and it's been, it's definitely been a blessing. I, you know, you are the first one. Uh, the alignment idea, I think, is so huge when you're building a program and building culture, and you're the first one that's ever mentioned it. So I'm already excited to hear your thoughts on it because uh, I, I just think that is the easiest way to screw up a culture and screw up a program is to have coaches that are not aligned. So uh, so you're already here. I can't wait. So here we go. Uh, question number one, can you give a one-minute elevator introduction of yourself? Yep, so I'm Jamie Bolton. Um, I just finished my first year uh, as a head coach. I've, I've been an assistant coach for nine years, um, a, a couple in college, so maybe 11. Um, I've kind of bounced around a good bit, got my first job without any head coaching experience. I was actually the coordinator at York for one year in 2018. Uh, Dean Boyd took the job in 19. I went to receivers, uh, did everything I could for him. I uh, learned a lot from him culture-wise, too. I can't leave him out. Applied for a couple jobs um, and without any, you know, knowing anybody in Concord or Charlotte area, uh, they gave me an, an opportunity and it was based on what I could do culture wise because that was the biggest thing that was needed at this place. Um, uh, Cannon School and Concord Academy uh, basically had to uh, merge teams two years ago, the year before I got to, to the school. So I, I took over both programs. Basically, we are the Cabarrus Warriors. So it's kind of a weird thing, but, um, but the numbers were down. Culture was 
not where it needed to be. And so they wanted to hire someone full-time, full-time teacher, full-time coach and, and try to uh, establish a culture. And um, we ended up, uh, we were two and eight the year before I got there. Um, then when I got there, we were five and three, won the conference. We beat five teams that beat us by, um, uh, I think an average of 35 points and um, started six freshmen. So we, we kind of had a fresh start, all the coaches left except for one. And so um, we definitely got a fresh start and uh, the things are trending in the right direction. Our numbers are looking good. And, um, and so uh, it's an exciting time to, to, to be a part of this. So well, that, that's kind of where I'm at with my career. I, I, I want to go ahead and I'm going to hit you with the two off script questions uh, just because I know you. So the, the first one is I want to ask about age and culture. You know, I, I have this theory that culture just comes easier to the younger coaches uh, than it would be for a guy like my age, you know, where we were, uh, you know, and, and I know you, you got coached by your dad growing up and he was a tough cat, but, uh, you know, uh, when I was growing up, you know, someone grabbing your face mask and, and uh, getting in you was, uh, was common. Uh, do you think that younger guys have an advantage, have a better feel for building culture now? You know, I think us younger guys um, have an advantage of learning from the older guys in a lot of sense. The, the word culture, I don't think, was used back, when, back in the 90s. I think it was, we have a football program. And I think the distinction was, do we have a team or do we have a football program? And I think the same behavior skills are, were taught then, maybe in a little bit tougher way. But I believe that um, now that we have so much access to information because of the internet and, and, and because of all the books, I mean, Man, you can you can turn you know you can go anywhere and find out about, find out stuff about culture. But um, the one thing that uh, will give anybody the edge uh, is something I'm going to talk about is is leadership. You know, culture. You know, the leadership is the number one component of that. And so I think everywhere you look, either the young guys or old guys, if they're good leaders, their culture is going to be good as well. And I think that's the that's the biggest takeaway that I've seen in my my young career. I'm 33. Um, and, and, and been coaching 11 years. Uh, but I, I don't think there's that much of a difference from say a guy like you that's always been focused on it and a guy like Bobby Carroll and a guy like Dean Boyd, I, I've seen similar trends even with me. And I think those, you know, all of you guys have kind of taught me how to you know, run a program and, and try to do it the right way. Um, so I'm not sure if there's a distinction in necessarily a program, but I do believe there's a distinction in the language that's used and the, and the uh, you know, abundance of information for guys that maybe didn't coach for you or coach for uh, Dean or coach for Bobby. Now we can read books and, and, and um, you know, and learn on the internet and, and things like that. Podcasts, obviously like your podcast, that's a, that's a big resource too. Uh, you were, uh, you're a reader and a grower. I remember, uh, you know, I would read something, I would be all fired up about it and virtually no one else would get excited about it, but you, you were the only one that would latch on and, and get excited about those kind of leadership and culture, uh, components and I and I don't know why uh you know I have good friends that uh that they would you know they would think I was nuts but you would get, go ride it you would go all in on it you know I remember well, the, you the you got me man I, I tell you this is a um interesting deal you got me on good to great I remember uh and and man I went all in you know I went down the rabbit hole on, on all that and uh, I think the other one was built to last talking about the 10x or companies and and so when I got the coordinator position for Bobby Carroll at York in 2018, you know, when he coaches like, you know, you're the head coach of the offense. So I have my staff all the way from varsity to, you know, through the middle school. And the first thing we did, he came in and we had our first, you know, coaching uh, staff meeting and it's just the offense. And 
he comes in and we're not talking about scheme. We're not talking about, we're talking about core values and the hedgehog concept and what we're going to be doing for, you know, what, what we can be best at, what do we love to do and then how we earn our money. And, um, and so when we did that, we talked about the flywheel and, and how our, our common language as an offense, you know, would perpetuate this will to, to, you know, grow and grow and grow. And we, we had the, uh, the big hairy audacious, you know, audacious goals. And I mean, we, I went all in on it and that's something that I also, you know, when I, when I interviewed, I said, this is what we did, you know, as a staff, we came up with core values and you go back to John Gordon and talking about getting the right people on the bus. And even in good to great, he talks about getting the right people on the bus and then figuring out where the bus is going to go. So those things I've always tried to stay on top of. And like that always intrigued me just as much as scheme. And, and I think that's the, I think that's probably the number one factor, not necessarily in winning, but I think probably in getting the most out of your team. That, that's uh, awesome. The, the, here, here's the other big one I had, and, and this is unique to you. And no one, they can't tell by watching this, but Jamie is uh, one of the funniest people on the planet, like, like professional stand-up comedian funny. And, but you're also, you get intense as crap on game day. So my question is, do you allow your players to see that sense of humor during the week? I mean, do they know that you have that sense of humor? Uh, yeah, and it's, you know, as a position coach, I don't think I allowed it a lot, you know, because I'm really focused on developing their skills and then, you know, talking to them and, um, and the interaction time, I think was for, you know, I guess a couple of reasons kind of less uh, when I was at York, especially for like six years. But now that I'm a head coach, you know, there's, there's times where I can have conversation with the kid or you know I could kind of be in the back and like crack a joke or something like that and have the kid laugh um, but I still have that intensity so I, there's a you know and I think you I think it was you that taught me there's a fine line between you know being um, I, and I was young I was 22 years old when I was coaching for you and you talked about there's a fine line between being a, a, a player's best friend and almost being like an older brother or mentor and so I've always tried to take that now that I'm older it's there's more separation but yeah, they, they see that in me a little bit. Um, you know, I'll, I could still do the impressions of the other coaches and, and all that. So it's, uh, it's pretty good. So I'll, uh, you know, maybe sneak an impression in here or there. I just thought it would be if, if you could figure out how to use it, it could be just, an, I mean, you are just so friggin' funny that it could be a huge <laughs> advantage. I, I'm serious. It could be a gigantic advantage of, uh, because I think a program that's fun to be a part of is a gigantic advantage, you know, and, it, and you know, probably something. I mean, I know you told me a story one time about your dad, and you took a strike three. Do you remember telling me that story? And I mean, I I've never so, been yeah. a baseball guy, and it made the hair on the back of my neck stand up, you know, about what true intensity is. And you have that, you're extremely intense, but you also have that sense of humor that is like, like a one percenter, you know, sense of humor. I just thought that if you can get if you can make your program fun to be a part of what a gigantic advantage that can be and i just wondered if you found the magic to melt the two you know the intensity it's, and, and, the and it's hard you know and i'm sure all of us coaches whether you're a position coach a coordinator a head coach you know it's always hard to focus on building that relationship with the kid and because i get so locked into like i'm also very um like type a you know that we did our you know, I, I'm just very kind of, I got to hit all the box, you check all the boxes. And sometimes I get a little bit lost in that still as a head coach of like, Hey man, take a step back, 
you know, find opportunities to, to have a, a, a lighthearted conversation with the kids. So they're, it's tough. I just finished my first year doing it. You know, you think about the pressure, which at this place, there's not a ton of pressure to win, uh, but there's a, pre, you know, there is pressure at every program. And, um, but it's, you still got to find that, that time and place to, to kind of make it fun. And our coaching staff does a good job of it too. And they kind of feed off of that. So if I may, if I can crack a joke, then they feel like they can crack a joke and, and the kids feel like they can crack a joke and then we can still get things done. So, um, yeah, I like that. I like that about our culture. And I, I didn't even think about that until he said it. I'm like, yeah, I, I do. But like for other programs that I've been with, you really didn't have room to do that. And for, for better or worse, you know, but I, I want our players, I want our coaches to, to feel like they belong uh, because I believe that everybody matters and everybody's personality matters. And, um, and if you have an outgoing personality, be outgoing, you know, be yourself. And I think, if I can do that, then I feel like the other kids can, and the coaches can can feel that way too. I just thought you have you have a skill for it, but you know we started this year. I hate to, I hate to even admit this. We started corny joke of the day, so we'd start off every day with a corny joke, and that literally lasted about a week and a half. The Thursday before the first game, I got up there and I was supposed to tell the joke, and I said. I don't feel like telling jokes. I want to whoop someone's tail. We, we, we told another joke since. So, so it's, it's hard. It's hard to melt it. But dang, I just right. think it can, you know when it's fun to be in the program, it's a gigantic advantage. When kids love being a part of it. Uh, all right. So let's get to it now. So uh, question number two: What is your definition of culture in your program? Yeah. So for me, you know, I, I pull from a lot of guys that are you know do this for a living and have all this stuff so tim kite's a big one for me you know brian kite those guys um you know reading a lot of their stuff uh but i believe that culture is the environment that leaders create which drives behavior which ultimately produces results and i feel like that is what i try to do every single day and um the number one variable in culture is leadership um uh when as leaders we have influence and it's not because and this goes back you can read john maxwell i mean there's another guy and, and all these the things that you read and i guess what's so intriguing is from brian kite to um you know all the football you know john gordon to john maxwell to um the guy that uh what was his name that that, that did good to great um i'll think of in a second but everything they talk about they have similar overlapping Peter, qualities Peter. when it comes to what now Tom Peters is that good to great? No, it's um, it's I'll, I'll think of it in a second, but um, but uh, but it, it seems to overlap when they talk about leadership. Level five leadership, you know, that that's a big thing, you know, and what's the difference in level five and level four? And so, leadership is the number one um, factor or variable in culture, and it's not based on your title. Uh, if you allow your title to be a leader, then you're going to be ultimately an ineffective leader. You know. So uh, leadership is based on earned trust. Um, and if culture, and this is a quote from, from Tim Kite, if, if culture doesn't happen in you, it won't happen through you. So you actually have to be the epitome of what you want your culture to be. And it's tough. There's a lot of responsibility with that. Um, you know, I've really felt the weight of that this year um, and coming in and, you know, promoting myself and, and the, the eight hour interview that we had in our school, you know, they, they, they wanted someone bad enough to have a Zoom, uh, an hour-long Zoom interview, and then to have us on campus for a full day. And we met everybody on campus. It's like I'm sure that's how they do it in college. And it's like 
you talk to everybody. And so when you sell yourself like that and, and you talk about it, then you better be sure if they offer you the job that you can follow through on that. And um, so far I feel like I have, and, you know, and, um, and I'm, I'm happy with that. There's a lot of pressure, you know, like people are looking at you for that. So you definitely have to make sure that the culture is happening, you know, in me so that I can perpetuate outside, you know, outside of my 20 square feet, which is another Tim Kite thing. Um, and I also believe this about culture in terms of its definition is culture is built by what you practice, promote and permit. So whatever you do, your behaviors that you practice, whatever you promote, and then it's also what you permit. So if you let things go, that is your culture. You can talk it all, all, all you want, or you can have it on a t-shirt or you can have it on whatever, but if you're letting it go or you're letting it slide, then you are promoting it. And, um, and so I believe is, in that. That last one is tough for me because it gets me into uh, bitching and complaining mode because I can't, I mean, I, I'll see it and I'll, I'll have to have an internal dialogue with my, am I going to let that go and talk about that on Monday or am I going to jump on it right now? And you have to jump on it right now. And it just, to me, that, that, uh, that gets me sidetracked sometimes because you have to, you can't, you can literally let nothing slide or else you're promoting it. And to, yeah. to, I know there's a, a skill there that I got to get better at. Well, and, and, and it's, it's coming up with what do we want to permit, you know, or what are, do we want a thousand rules uh, about, you know, what, what do we want to permit? And then what do, you know, how do we do that with each individual kid? You know, like uh, I, I can remember this and it's a silly thing. I'm not going to tell, you know, say who the coach was, but the best player was my player. And I was coaching receivers, a stud kid, uh, just one of those guys. He knew he was the best. He, he, he could get away with things that other kids couldn't. And uh, I remember one day uh, he, uh, he wore the wrong socks out to the game. And I said, Hey man, not, not my thing. Don't really care, but I'm going to enforce it because that's what the head coach wants me to do. You got to go back in there and change your socks or you can't play. And, um, well, he goes right over to the head coach and he comes back and says, uh, coach says I'm good. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking, all right, I, look, I, I'll do whatever, you know, I'll enforce whatever rule, but you know, those are things, I mean, after, and I understand what the head coach was thinking too. So I'm not throwing him under the bus. I'm saying like, it's, it's kind of, it's a sock, you know, like if it, you know, I, and look, I, you know, I don't have a lot of rules for things um, when it comes to that. Uh, you know, you can wear our team colors is where I kind of keep it. You know, we're not going to we're not going to wear some off colors. But um, but I don't like to enforce things to a T because I don't have the um, the wherewithal to keep up with. I'm going to I'm not even going to see a sock game day. You know, I'm not looking at socks on game day. So I don't want my coaches to have to worry about that. But those are, I think, things like what do we want to permit now? If it's talking back to a coach, I'm going to pop that guy immediately. And I'll handle it, and um, and it and it may be harsh for one kid, uh, and not harsh for another, uh, but it's going to be the same punishment overall. And so, hopefully, my culture, or any culture, the kids will not let it slide. And so we actually saw that this year. We have a um, uh, a kid on our team uh, that uh, we we probably had one or two, uh, what you would call outside the not all in. You know, like you know, you have like the the I think. Urban Meyer calls it the, the bottom 10%, you know, like you're always going to have that bottom 10% that aren't, that, that's not all in um, or not even in the middle circle. And one, you know, one of those kids, you know, mouthed off to me and uh, before I could even say anything, you know, we had one of our big offensive linemen that just jumped down his throat. And so when you see that stuff, you know, your culture permeating in there and then you have leadership in the locker room and you kind of have that culture 
that that locker room led team and i'm hoping that's what continues to happen and that's not going to happen in every program but this for us we we have some really good kids that that really believe in that and um and so but yeah that's a tough one permit permitting stuff is tough because uh you feel like if you don't um I feel like if you permit it and it's like well how much how much are we going to let let go here i uh i i think the uh you know i always say when when your best players if they think they're special whoo you got you you got issues you yeah. know but if your best players are your hardest workers and your best leaders you got a chance to win a championship yeah and that's and how many times and we've seen it how many times have you got that where your best players think they're special and they can get away with certain things. And, uh, and I, I just don't think you can, you can win the biggest games when you have that kind of, when you have another story and I guess whoever was a part of that will know what I'm talking about, but it's, it's hard when, and I, and I'm not going to, you know, throw anybody on the bus or anything like that, because I think there's a lot of factors that play into that. And if, and, when I took this job, I knew that that wasn't going to be an issue because I knew that, that the uh, athletic department, um, the the Cannon School, um, Concord Academy, we are all going to be in alignment on culture and behavior over wins and losses. And I think that helps a culture. Now, if, if it's reversed and you, you're hired to win ball games, right? I, we've all been there. When you're hired to win ball games, culture doesn't matter to those people. And culture won't matter to the parents and culture doesn't matter to the kids. And so if you hold a kid accountable, well, you, you may have an issue. He may quit or he may transfer. He may do some things. So I think taking the right job, <laughs> I think, is the, the biggest skill in that. Like if, if, if you are a culture guy and you believe and that's what it's going to take to win long term, then I think that's part of it. And I've been to places where winning was extremely important. And, um, and so you need your best players to play. And you know, I'm sure coaches, obviously that's a dilemma that you have to go through every, every single, every single day at some programs. Well, you nailed it. It's about picking the right job and, and getting that figured out during the interview process. You know, you got to interview them. <laughs> you got to interview them as hard as they interview you. So uh, I think that's part of the, the magic is, is getting in alignment there. Uh, if I could just continue on with the definition. So the first part's leadership. The second part is alignment. And so culture takes alignment. And it's up to the leader to provide that focused energy that we, we need to be going in this direction. And that's constantly something that I feel like I'm always trying to, you know, portray the narrative to the athletic department, the AD, the strength coach, the, the players, the parents. Uh, we need to know where we're going. That way they know, you know, how to behave, what, what to expect. And then if they understand what align, what, where they need to be in that alignment, I think it's easier for everybody. But I try to be really intentional about that. Uh, if I have a conversation with a parent, um, you know, I'm always trying to tell them, this is why we're trying to do this. I guess it's so what some people call their why is what helps people get into alignment. And so I think that's the biggest one. Um, another another piece of culture is uh, performance. And I, and I think we've kind of touched on that. Like, what what is, how does culture affect performance? Um, and I believe, you know, I, I'm a big believer that behavior leads to performance. They're connected. Um, I don't think that you can go out there and perform your best every day if you have a dysfunctional environment. I just don't think you can. I feel like if it's, if you don't have a culture that uh, everybody matters, 
then you're not going to have performance from top to bottom. And I, and it's a football and in a football that's especially important. You know, we need our scout team players to go out there and perform well every single day for our for our first team to get a good look. Um, not only for the betterment of our skills and our you know our our scheme and things like that, but you know to to make sure that everybody matters is um, is something that I feel like everybody should should benefit from the program, not just the stars, not just the superstars. So I think performance is key. You know, what type of behaviors do we want to um, improve? You know, it's thinking and making decisions is one. You know, how do we? That's what we want to get better at. How do we think and make decisions on the field, off the field? How do we stay away from 15-yard penalties? Um, you know, th th those are the big ones. Um, how do we, you know, influence others positively? You know, uh, the second thing is communicating and collaborating. So how do we intentionally go about making sure that our, our kids are communicating, our coaches are communicating with each other, we don't have any fallouts on the sideline? Uh, all that kind of goes back to alignment. And then thirdly, managing your emotions. You know, we, we see it all the time. You know, how do we effectively manage our emotions as coaches? How do I affect, how do I manage my emotions on the sideline? It starts with me. If I'm out there and I'm blowing up and throwing my hat like I used to back as a young coach, well, I got 15-year-old kids watching me do that. And so when they slam their helmet on the sideline, well, I can't, what am I going to say? Hey, don't do that. You know, so I have, you have to be really cognizant of that. And it goes back to leadership, you know, and ties back into leadership and managing your emotions. And then what, that way, if you can manage your emotions, then, um, then they know they can too. And, um, and so uh, that's a big part of it. Uh, and, and the last thing, uh, and this is something else from Tim Kite, behavior is the one thing that affects everything. And if you think about jobs, you think, think about this. So behavior is the one thing that affects everything. And if you think about jobs, you usually get hired for your skills, your technical skills. But the number one thing you get fired for is your behavior. That's the number one reason people get fired is uh, because they don't know how to collaborate. They don't know how to think and make decisions. They don't know how to manage their emotions. And I think in your culture, you have to teach those things intentionally. Um, and the last thing, uh, culture in terms of a definition has to do with accountability and influence. You have to know and own your 20 square feet. You, you are in direct control of your thoughts and actions. And if you don't believe that, then you're going to, you're, you, you're always going to have an excuse. And so we don't let that happen. We talk about accountability. We talk about the influence that we have. Um, accountability means I can control my 20 square feet. I can control my, pos my position. I can control uh, the 20 square feet in my office or in the classroom. Um, and then we also know that my behaviors and actions don't just affect me, but they affect people beyond my 20 square feet. And so talking about bigger picture and, and, and down the line with that too. So those are those are some big things that we talk about. And that's why this year, I guess that's going into the next piece, but uh, we teach the R factor uh, from Brian Kite. And that's what was talked about in the book Above the Line by Urban Meyer um, and Tim Kite. So that's the that's what we're going to be doing. We're actually in the middle of doing that in the off season right now, teaching our guys how to do all these things intentionally. All right. So great. So that was, I was, that was what I was going to ask you. So, how, how are you teaching that? You're doing it once a week? What, what are you doing to teach that? So the first thing, and I'll, I'll just go into the, the three best things that, that build culture. And, um, and that's maybe the number one thing. So just as a, as a brief synopsis of what I did when we first got here. So I got hired in March. That was right before the lockdown. So 
Um, I remember having the interview on campus. The, they were meeting that day to shut school down for the rest of the semester. And so um, I get hired. Uh, and the very first thing I do is call all the players, um, try to get them on the roster because they're leaving left and right. And, uh, and then we finally got them, got a roster together. And then I put them into position groups in the offseason. And we met once a week with that position group to teach the seven C's from John Gordon and I think it was Mike Smith. They wrote that book uh, called The Seven C's of Culture or Seven C's, uh, Winning in the Locker Room First is what it was called. And, um, and so what I did when I was at York is I developed that for our offense. And it was uh, you take each C and, you, and I had like a little curriculum that we would go through like a worksheet. And it was something pretty cool that the kids could, you know, uh, break out in Zoom, you know, Zoom meetings and things like that. So that's what we did. And that was going through our language, building that common language of what does culture mean? So defining what culture is. And it actually not only defines it, but it asks the kids, what culture do you want? It gives them some, um, you know, some uh, freedom to talk about that. They, they And they wouldn't, man, they're opening up. Hey, I didn't like how we did this last year. We were, you know, back and forth last year, you know, two schools, two schools kind of combining. We didn't feel like, you know, there was uh, a lot of camaraderie, you know, so that was a part of it. You know, then we go into the next, and that was week one. Week two was contagious. So why are my actions and behaviors contagious? Week three was consistent. What does it mean to be consistent? Week four was communication. Uh, how, what does it mean to effectively communicate? Uh, week five was connection. Um, how do we connect with one another? Week six is commitment. So define commitment, what that looks like. We talked about our rubric that we use. Um, that, that's kind of on that commitment continuum. And then uh, we talk about care and what it means to be, you know, a member of a family or caring for, uh, you know, your brother. And, um, and so that's what we did immediately. And then that kind of set the stage for what we're doing this off season, which is teaching the behavior skills that we were talking about with, um, uh, with you know, thinking and making decisions, communication, collaboration, and managing your emotions and how we actually can go about doing that. And I believe in the, um, in the equation E plus R equals O. And that's another uh, Tim Kite thing. So that's um, the event plus the response will equal the outcome. And, and so he calls it the R factor. So in, the, in that equation, the only thing that we can control is the response that we have to any given event. And we can control every bit of that. And that goes back to our 20 square feet. And it's a six step process that you, and, and Urban Meyer talks about it a lot and above the line. He, and he goes into a lot of examples of how these kids did this through each step. And, um, you know, press pause is R1, R2 is get your mind right, R3 is step up, R4 is adjust and adapt, R5 is make a difference, and then build skills R6. And, and so we are in week, um, we skipped this week because we're on spring break, but we'll, we'll get back and um, we're going to get into step up, and that's really taking action. So we went through press pause. What does that mean to, you know, to, to not make a rash decision? Uh, Tim Kites talks about, um, default versus discipline response. Don't go into a default response. How about take a breath, uh, look, you know, what's going on, the context, big picture, and then make a disciplined, um, skillful response um, to influence the outcome. And no matter what the event is, you know, somebody's, and the big one that we see all the time is kid talking trash on the field or a kid playing dirty on the field. And, you know, our kid just immediately wants to go punch or push back or whatever. Well, if we can, press pause and get my mind right. And then we can take the right action. And that's going back to the huddle. And that's a great response. The outcome is that kid probably got the 15 yard penalty. And now we're, we're, you know, we're in a lot better shape. So 
those are the things that we that we are intentionally building. And so what I did to do that is I took the R there there you can go online. That's uh, Tim Kite R Factor Series Training. I think it's like a hundred bucks. And I took the training, and then um, I'm actually training the kids the way that Tim Kite trained me weekly. And so we're doing the worksheets. They break out. All the whole team meets on Zoom, um, and then we do breakout sessions. Um, and they fill out the, the questionnaire that comes with it. It's pretty easy. But so far, that's another series of language that I can use in real time. Like if a kid makes a bad response, I can say, look, man, you didn't press pause there. You're acting in a totally default, rash uh, way. If, you, if you'd have pressed pause, you'd have had time to get your mind right. And then you could have made the right action. And so I feel like that's going to be huge for us this year. Um, and, you know, and that's that and we, you know, I haven't talked about scheme at all this offseason. I, I didn't talk about scheme until June last offseason. And so um, and we had we, we had some pretty good numbers. So I, I, I just feel like this is way more important. Give me a nuts and bolts. What what night are you doing this? Well, how long is it taking? So for our schedule, um, we have built in like an hour and a half, two hour deal in the middle of our day um, because of this COVID schedule that we're at so and not everybody's on campus and so we can't meet in a big room anyway so I just have everybody zoom in at 11 45 every Monday um and so every Monday we meet we watch the video or I I think I think watch the video once and I just started going through it because I think it was a little more effective um but you know have the powerpoint you know shared on the screen and then they have the questions already emailed to them and uh so when they break out for the zoom um they actually answer the questions and they break out and they talk about it and they come back in and we debrief. And so, and when they do with those questions, they send me the questions through an email. That way I have a record of who was there um, and the things that they may be going through. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest ones, what, you know, what keeps you from um, getting your mind right? What, like what gets you out of the wrong, the right mindset, you know? And so I can have some insight on, on that as well. It's hard to do it in zoom but i think at times it's easier too like if we we're on a big room it'd be harder i think so zoom is is easy and so that's and that's what the kids are used to now love it man i i hate it when someone's getting after it harder than me but i love it i love the ideas <laughs> uh the third thing with that though and so this is kind of the next the next piece so once we get done with this r factor training i'm going to take those same our factor skills and then we're going to throughout the season have a, either a guest speaker or some coach talk about an example of each one so like and we may have to go through that hopefully twice if we make it to the playoffs but um you know go, go just keep going through that stuff and hitting it every thursday and um and the third thing that we're doing so now what we've done so we've gone through the seven c's year one and so this is now year two, and we're going through the R Factor series. So the seven C's will now be our sub varsity warrior builder 101 class. And so our middle school coach will take our, you know, uh, seven eighth, uh, yeah, seven eighth and ninth graders or whoever's in there, and they go through the seven C's now, and they they develop that language. And then when they get to us, they'll go through R Factor training. And then if they're elite, our elite guys, our unit leaders, and this is another thing from above the line. Um, and what um, Urban Meyer was talking about is the, the non-unit strong. And so the non-unit strong, um, he has, you know, a leader for each position group. And then so we're going to – and I choose that. I, I've, I've already chosen those guys, and we're actually going to start that in late April. 
And that's a 10-week course that we're using Jeff Jansen's team captain's ma leadership manual. And so each kid, I'm just going to go ahead and buy the book for the kid. They're going to have the book, and we're going to go through a chapter a week. And then they are going to be part of the, the, the captain's council. And so I'll, I'll meet with them every Wednesday starting in the summer. And then what they do is they will actually grade out their position group based on their behavior. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's a rubric that we use. Give me the book again, leader. Jeff Jansen. Jeff Jansen, uh, Team Captain's Leadership Manual. Zach Cooper. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> we were waiting for. She just won't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's those are those are the three things that we're doing this off season, and uh, I'm excited about that as much as the new the new plays we're putting in. So. No, that's oh, here's a here's a bonus one. I got a bonus one for you. All right. So um, the bonus one I was talking about grading the players. So there's a um, a. Um, a I guess a rubric that grades out from five to zero. And I think a lot of people have had, I got it from Mark Hoover um, at York and he's the strength coach and Sean Powell, our strength coach actually uses it at Cannon. And, and I, when I, when I interviewed, I, you know, I, I used it, I used it at York with Dean Boyd when we were grading our guys out in the weight room about how they came in every day. And, um, and so that's the rubric that our unit leaders will use every day on a Google sheet and they will have to go in every night, and they'll grade out their teammates. And then when we meet on Wednesday, we can talk about, hey, man, this is a great opportunity to lead. He, this kid's at a two, a two, three. He's a two, three kid. We need him to be a four, five kid. And so just understanding that that rubric and that model, it's awesome. So five means you're compelled. That means that you're doing 100% everything you can, plus pulling people with you. A four is I'm 100% all in, committed. A three is compliant. Okay, I'm kind of showing up, you know, getting through the drills. Uh, a two is uh, reluctant, okay? I had to kind of correct the kid a few times to, to get going. A, uh, a, a one is resistant. I've told a kid, now he's, he's kind of mouthed off and a zero, he didn't come to practice. So that's how our kids will grade it every day. And we did that last year, but I used our coaches to do it. I think I'm going to use our players now after we, we go through our team captain leadership thing. So that's, that's exciting. Do you have that written down somewhere where you can email it to me? I do. I, do. I actually have the um, – uh, the rubric and the uh, Google spreadsheet. I can just send you as a copy. Yeah, will you do that? Yeah, yeah. You got my email, right? Coach Joe Salas at Gmail. Yeah. Got it. All right. Yeah. So that uh, uh, elite high level stuff right there, man. That that's truly impressive what you're doing in the off season. How zeroed in you are on on culture and uh, you know and and saying this is so this is so important. We're gonna wait and talk about X and O's later. That's that's hard for a football coach to do, but that but obviously you uh, you see the power of it. All right. So uh, number four. Uh, this is funny talking to a young guy now. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first got started? Yeah, you know, I, going to our first job, that was my, my first, you know, football job. I was two hours away from home. I kind of didn't pick that one. I had to just take it. And thankfully, uh, the year I got there, it was a mess. And um, the second year, it was a lot better. And alignment was a big deal. And I feel like the next job I took, uh, was to come back home, got married, so I really didn't choose that one. And then the next one, when I was a coordinator, was not good. And 
uh, the alignment wasn't there from not necessarily from it definitely wasn't there from a coaching staff the the guys that were on staff previous to me getting there and it definitely wasn't there I think from uh, administration uh, athletic department football program and so forth and so there was just misalignment everywhere parents were upset about the previous coach leaving and then the next coach coming in and and I was just a coordinator just kind of trying to figure it all out and, and kind of work with guys that didn't know and so it just wasn't good and it left a bad taste in everybody's mouth nobody had a good experience um you know we didn't necessarily have fallen outs but it was just not good so I was out of there and so I went and I was a coordinator that year and I, that's when I went to York to be a JV wide receiver coach and so it was that bad uh but uh but I learned a lot doing that so I think the biggest thing is taking the right job. And I know I mentioned that earlier, but taking the right job, whether you're a position coach, coordinator, or head coach, if you're a position coach, research your, if you're, if you're a really fiery, um, loyal position coach, that's willing to learn, then you need any, any good program will be willing to have you if they have a spot. So that's what you need to research and understand who you're going to be coaching for. And then talk to that coach and say, Hey man, how's the how's the athletic department? Are they in alignment with what you're trying to do? And then that way, you're a part of an organization that you can grow in and stay there for a while. And I was able to do that at York, where I was a JV wide receiver coach, and I knew that if I worked my tail off, then I would have an opportunity at some point to to grow. And I from JV wide receiver coach, JV offense coordinator, varsity wide receiver coach, varsity coordinator under Bobby Carroll. And I don't know if a lot of guys get that opportunity. I mean, you have so many good coordinators out there that they just take jobs in this. But I knew that I was in an organization that if I worked hard enough for Bobby and I was loyal to him um, and I was skillful enough, then he would ultimately give me a chance at when the chance came. And so that's why I stayed. And I'm, I think that's what was a big deal. Um, uh, so I think taking the right job is, is, is important. If you're a coordinator, you definitely have to do it because now, you know, you're kind of more on the chopping block a little bit with, with with that and and the level of responsibility having and certainly the head coach. So when I interviewed at Cannon, um, my biggest it's a 45 minute drive, not ideal. I was at York, place I love. Was there for six years, got a good situation over there teaching all that stuff, and and to stick you know stick your neck out a little bit, you got to make sure it's the right job. And I learned that um, as a position coach and coordinator, and so. When I came, when I went there, I wasn't sure if I'd ever take the job because I didn't know anything about it. But I think the interview process was big because you're there so long, you talk to so many people, and they all say the same thing: culture, 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 culture. And so it wasn't about you got to have six wins your first year, or you got to turn this thing around. We got to win state championships. And so, with the level of talent that they that they generally had, um, and the and the culture that was going on, I knew that I can come in and make an immediate impact with culture only. And so I wasn't worried about, um, you know, scheme as much, although I really try to keep up with that a good deal. That's a big part of what I do. But I knew that culture alone would immediately impact the experience that our kids were going to have. And now it's going to increase in numbers. And it already has. we got kids. I'm trying to get all the kids out of the hallways. And they are, they're, they're really excited about being a part of it. And I'm not even having to recruit them. It's, the, it's, it's what we've done. We did have some success. We won some really close games with, with a bunch of young players. And so that gives everybody a little hope that we can be good. And then the players are saying, dude, you need to come out here and play. It's fun. It's exciting. It's, um, you know, Coach Bolton's this and that. And, and the coaching staff did, has done a great job. They love the assistant coaches. That's a big part of it, too. And so I think that's the biggest thing, just making sure 
that uh, you have alignment. And so in my particular situation, we had a new AD coming in that I didn't know. And she was actually hired the same time I was. But the guy, uh, her name's Kayla Rue, and the guy that was on the hiring committee for me, uh, the head football coach and the athletic director was Sean Powell, the strength coach. And so he's a huge culture guy. Um, he's been a part of Charlotte, I mean, uh, the Carolina Panthers, uh, Penske Racing. Um, and so he kind of get, he's been a part of successful organizations. And so when he's a part of that process, you have an, you have a good idea, like you're in the right place because you're a culture guy. So I felt like my values were in alignment with Cannon's values. And so I was like, I got to take the job. They offer it to me. And so it's, um, it's big. And, and so I, I think that's the biggest thing when, you know, I guess in my young career. All right. So here's, uh, here's, here's the problem <laughs> is that, that, that is a very unique situation. I don't know. And I've interviewed for thousands of jobs. It seems like not really, but it seems like that. And I don't know if, if uh, I don't know that I can remember one time that a place was talking about culture. Uh, I've had interviews where I started talking about culture and they looked at me like I was crazy. So how do you, uh, how do you get that out of them? If they're not, uh, it sounds like you came in and they, they're, they're talking culture and you're saying, oh, ha, I found it. This is a place that cares about culture. Yeah. I mean, they're not talking it. Right. So I interviewed at, um, well, when the York job came open, I interviewed for that one. And I knew that was a long shot, no experience, you know, but I've been there for a while. Um, I interviewed at one, two, um, two other schools and could have taken one of them because the AD there was a big culture guy. Um, didn't really feel comfortable at the time taking it. Um, and then the other school I interviewed uh, finished second and they were semi-culture. They, they wanted to win, and they, they'd been used to winning. And so it's just – it depends, you know. So, just do, you know, if you want to be a head coach, you may have to go in, I guess, and say, look, I'm going to have to change the culture of the athletic department, you know, with, with what I'm doing. And, um, and that can happen, I'm sure. You know, it just, it just depends on the principal. It depends on the athletic director. And if you want to be a head coach, I mean – you're going to have to probably deal with that. I know that other, I mean, I'm sure that you've dealt with that some in your, in your career, obviously, and, and, and a lot of other careers. This is my first job, and I feel like I've just been extremely lucky, uh, but also very um, strategic and sticking my neck out. And, and, and being at York and being a position coach or a coordinator at York's a really, really good job. And so I didn't necessarily feel like I had to get out of something to, to go in, and it was a really hard decision to leave. Um, yeah, I just I've been I've been extremely blessed in my career to to be at some good places and to be at some not so good places to kind of figure that out. But you know, I'm, I'm in a good area too. Like I was able to commute to York and I'm able to commute to Concord. You know, I'm right here in Gastonia, so it's it's not you know not in a r real remote area where there's only a few schools. So um, so yeah. Probably, uh, probably a good lesson there is uh, it's a lot easier to get a good job when you already got a good job. <laughs> that might be that might lucky, be uh, pretty lucky. powerful. But I, you know, I've been there where you had to go and be a position coach, and um, you're kind of at the whims of what the head coach wants. And and 
and take another job means you got you know you got to leave the district. And I, I think I coached at four places in four years. So, so that's so it obviously wasn't working out, and not not really what I was all about. So, but yeah. Well, man, you've done a, a, a phenomenal job. Uh, one of the best we've ever had on here. Uh, question number five. Can you give guys your contact information? Because I guarantee you they're going to be hitting you up on some of the different stuff you're doing. And uh, and then anything you got to want to promote or just the, you got the final Yeah, word. so I, I just uh, – I really appreciate you having me on. I love talking about this stuff. Um, I feel like this is um, – one of the things that, you know, you're talking about the numbers of people that watch the scheme stuff versus the culture stuff. And it's, it's telling, you can see that when you, when you play opponents, you, and I, and I came in and interviewed as culture over strategy you know, scheme. And um, I feel like our scheme's dang good, but you know, our culture's gotta be better because at some point you're not gonna be the best skilled team on the field and your culture will be revealed. And, and I feel like that's the, I, I love what you're doing with this. And, um, I will say I need to give a shout out to our strength coach, Sean Powell. Dude's done a fantastic job. He's established a culture in that athletic department. You know, our basketball team, men's basketball team just won their back-to-back -back state championship. Girls won it this year too um, in, in, the, in the private school ball. And, that, and that's that's tough. Um, uh, volleyball just played for a state title. Uh, I'm sorry, they just, yeah, I think they played for a state title. Volleyball did. Um, and, you know, we won the conference and football. And so there's a lot of alignment in our athletic department. And it's a lot to do with our athletic director, Katie LaRue. Um, she came in. She's huge on culture. Me and her have awesome conversations about, hey, what are you doing uh, with your, you know, she's just so interested in that. She does everything that I've asked her to, you know, have in terms of culture and all this stuff. So I'm in a really good place. I need to give those guys a shout out. Our school. Uh, can school from the head of school Christopher Jones um, to our upper school head uh, Deb Odie every everybody feels like they're in alignment and uh, I just couldn't I, I just feel like I'm in a great place right now and a great place to experiment and do things without the fear of um, too much pressure and I obviously thank the kids and the parents for being on board man that's the biggest thing you got to get the parents on the parents were wanting it uh, a guy to come in for that and uh, and the players are really loving it so just want to give everybody a shout out and then um, you can reach me. Uh, you can reach me through Twitter uh, at coach underscore J Bolt, B-O-L-T. Uh, and then our football page, uh, we put a lot of our culture stuff on there um, at Warrior Way Football, or I'm sorry, at Warrior Way FB is our Twitter. So at Warrior Way FB. And then I also give you my email address. It's pretty easy. Uh, J Bolton at cannonschool.org. And so if you need anything, uh, you're, you're privy to all the stuff that I have. Um, I, I've given stuff out before. People use it, people don't. But, you know, I, I don't really care. I, heck, I didn't make any of this stuff up. This is just stuff I've learned. So it's not my information anyway. But, um, yeah, so if you need anything, let me know. And then I may have some questions for you guys too. So, Man, you hit home run. Great job, buddy. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me on.